the Lord for good news. This is good news, isn't it? We don't hear much good news anymore, but tonight or this morning we've come to worship, and that's what the gospel is all about, the good news that Jesus gives us hope and comfort and joy. Thank you, choir, for that beautiful song, and Angie. Thank you. That was beautiful. Welcome to Stratford Heights today. We're so thankful that you have come to be with us and to worship the Lord. We've just come from the early service at uh, uh, 8.30 and then our Sunday school hour at 9.30, and you're here today now for the mid-morning service. There is service tonight at 6. We really have a good variety on uh, Sunday for you. If you like a lot of beautiful singing, that's in almost every service. Sunday school's just an hour of studying the Word, and we need that. But uh, we'll have a beautiful program tonight by the voices of Psalm 95. And we'll be singing, and the men of valor will be singing. And, of course, our pastor's with us, and he'll always be taking care of the service at the close. And uh, so we want to invite you to be with us tonight to worship the Lord and to uh, have a time of fellowship together. We love the Lord, and we know you do, or you wouldn't be here this morning. So we want to thank you for coming, and uh, we want to greet all of our visitors and, and uh, new people. If you're here visiting today, look around and find someone that you don't know. And as you, uh, we get out in the aisles and shake hands and greet one another, ask them their name. Don't be afraid to ask people their name if you don't know it. The young people will say to me, I already told you. And I say, but honey, I'm an old woman, and I need to hear it two or three times. Tell people your names as you greet one another today. God bless you.
praise the Lord because they know how great he is how thankful we are today I love what Liz said at the beginning we're surrounded by bad news but we live with good news on the inside of us it's the hope of Jesus Christ help me pray right now as we pray over the nation of Israel our nation our community our families today father we love you and we thank you for your plan God we thank you for your purpose that began so long ago in the nation of Israel your people God we pray and abide in that God we support them God we pray over them we pray for the peace of Jerusalem we pray for protection God within their walls and prosperity God never let us forget God that we are as believers to stay connected believing trusting praying and supporting the nation of Israel God we pray over them and we thank you for it we pray over our country today God what do we pray but but help God what do we pray but pour out your spirit what do we pray but bring revival to our nation to our land bring healing God as we look to you God the author and finisher of our faith God we praise you we pray over our communities and the brokenness God that we're battling and dealing with today we know that you're our hope and our healer and God we give these things to you and we choose today your peace and hope and joy in Jesus name and everybody said Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Well, good morning. I get the distinct honor this morning to take up the, this morning's offering. So if we'd stand to our feet, the challenge that I have been praying about this, this week is... Um, it comes out of Malachi chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, or actually 10 and 11. The Bible says this, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. It says, Improve me. Everybody say, Prove me. It says, Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive. It said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast forth her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. 
Now, I don't know about you, but there aren't a lot of guarantees in this world, Duran, that they can guarantee us that kind of return. This is the, the God that created the heavens and the earth, the creator of the ends of the earth, the creator of the universe, is telling us this morning that when we bring our tithes into the storehouse, when we bring our offerings to him, this is what he's saying to us this morning. He's saying, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. He said that, that your fruit will not cast forth its time in the field, neither shall your vine cast forth its time in the field or your fruit. Now think about that for a minute. Now when it talks about the, the devourer getting to the things that are vines and the fruit, that's talking about things that are already growing in, the, in your life. Now, Todd, we know that there are things growing in our life this morning. We know that God's doing things in our life. And I'm telling you that when you give your tithe and your offering, what that means is that you're keeping God first. That he is first in your life. He's first in, in everything that you do. And when you keep him there, when you keep him on the throne of your life, he's saying there's a promise. And my promise, he's saying, he's challenging somebody this morning. He said, prove me. That means to put to the test. Has anybody in this house ever put God to the test? I know I have. I can remember in my 20s and me and Angie were struggling and we was coming to this church and we were putting God to the test. Man, we got serious. We're going to start paying our tithes and our offerings. Guess what? Our car broke down. <laughs> it did. It broke down. Now, God's word said that he's going to protect the things that are growing in my life. His word said he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. That means things are already growing. So my car had already grown in my life. Now it's broke down, Charlie. You know what? I had a beat up old pickup truck. Me and Angie went, we crawled in that beat-up old pickup truck, and we came out to this church, and we, we served God anyhow, and we gave our tithe and our offering, and we believed God with it. And, and lo and behold, it was something that could be taken care of, and we refixed a few parts on that engine, and that car was working, and we kept driving that for years to come. And I tell you what, God began to move in different areas of our life. I'm telling you, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. I want to challenge somebody with that this morning. That's right, give him praise. He deserves it. And it talks about those vine putting forth its, its fruit in the field. There's things that are God is beginning to grow in your life that you've yet to see the fruit of. You've yet to see what God's desiring to do in your life. And I'm telling you, when you keep him on the throne, when you make him first, He's saying, prove me. He said, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to pour you out a blessing that you're not going to have room enough to receive. Now, that may not be monetarily. It may not necessarily mean you wake up tomorrow and you got a million dollars in the bank. In fact, I could probably tell you, for almost assuredly, that may not happen. But that's okay. This is what it does mean. I'm telling you, you can't put a price on your health. You can't put a price on salvation for people in your life that you care about and that you love. I'm telling you that he will be there. He will have you protected from every angle. So if you've got your gift in your hand, we're going to pray over this morning's offering. Now, this is the way I do it. I get to take up the offering back in youth group, and I challenge them, and I'd like to challenge you with that this morning. This is what I challenge our youth with. This is what your youth, if they're back here in, in our youth group on Tuesday nights, and they'll tell you every week this is what they get. So I'm sorry you get it this morning. If you don't like it, you have to talk Pastor Ray. But I tell them to get something in their hand. Get something in your hand. Don't come to God empty-handed. When God came to this earth in the, in the form of flesh, he didn't come empty-handed. He sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And this is the time of year that we celebrate 
the gift that God gave us. He didn't come empty-handed. So when we come to him, we shouldn't come empty-handed. And I tell them like this, we live in America. About anywhere you go, you can look down on the ground, you pick up pennies and nickels like it's gravel on the ground. There's people out there that just discard money to an extent where you can pick up a quarter or whatever. And, and if, if you don't have anything, I encourage you over this next week, just look on the ground. You'll pick something up because this is what it is. It's a connection point of you and your faith to God. Now, you may think that's silly, but I'm telling you that there's power in a penny. There is power in a penny. If, if it's the only thing you got, we read about the story in the Bible, Audrey, don't get me going, only had a couple pennies and she gave it and the, Jesus looked at it and said she gave more than everybody else. So don't tell me the size of the gift matters. What matters is the heart that's giving. So when we come to God, we got to come to him with something in our hand. Now, if you've given online, that's okay. God already sees that. But I'm going to ask everybody in this house, if you've got your gift, we're going to hold it up to him right now. We're going to ask a blessing over this offering and over our tithe. We're going to ask a blessing over your life and over your house. If you've already given online, that's okay. Just hold your hand up to him. He already knows you've given. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you right now. And Lord, we worship you. We thank you for your word that is, is settled in heaven, God, the psalm says. And God, it says that when we bring to you our tithe and offering, when we bring it to you, God, it says that there'll be substance and meat in your house. It also tells us, God, that our, that our vine won't cast forth its fruit in the field. <laughs> it talks about, God, that those things that are growing in our life, those things that have already grown in our life, God, that there'll be a protection over them. And God, we pray that right now as we bring our offering and our tithe to you. God, we pray that you, your word says you'd open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing. We wouldn't have room enough to receive that's your word this morning. So, God, I'm praying that you would do exactly that, God. Every gift that's being held up to you right now, every tithe, every offering, God, you see the need in the homes, you see the need in the families, you see the lost loved ones, you see the health conditions, you see all those things, God, and we are believing you for your word this morning, God, that you're going to take care of every bit of it. You're going to take care of that financial need that somebody has, God, that maybe they're giving out of their lack this morning, but that's okay because, God, you're going to have the ability to meet their need and open up the windows this morning. God, we trust you, we believe in you, and we thank you for your word, and we give you our tithe and offering this morning in the name, the most powerful name on the planet, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
months now we've been pouring Christmas music into our spirits preparing for this season and I love the song we're getting ready to sing for you because it's really a mini cantata right it's in its own self it tells the beginning and the end and it, and it talks about what's happening right here in this service right now 
He's here. Do you feel him? I feel him. I don't base my, my relationship with him on just what I feel. But I feel him this morning. One, two, three, four.
like that. He's here. He is here. He's come to the earth. The angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. How many of you know, not just a select few, not just a couple with an E on their chest. He said, it shall be good news to all people. Born in this day, in the city of David, is a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He was there. He came and he is here this morning. He is our comforter, he is our Lord, he is our healer, our deliverer. So much to talk about in just a few minutes. I wanna get right to it so that we can get on with this service, but there's some things, some business we gotta take care of. And I want us to do that, but I wanna give praise, I wanna thank you. She's gone now, she just went out the door, but she wasn't gonna tell you, but I'm gonna tell you, because I've worried myself sick for the last couple of weeks. Angie had, uh, my sister Angie Tackett had very serious cancer scare. The doctors scheduled her for a three-hour surgery. This Friday, they were going in, and they were ready to do some major, major searching, and they had already given her a warning that some cancer that had been, they had found, had went into her bloodstream, and you know the nightmare from there. So we've been carrying this, and we've been praying and praying and praying and praying just like you do when you go through it. And I want to tell you, they got in there, they got started, we settled in for our three-hour surgery. They came out in a little over 35 minutes and they said, huh, it all looks great. Everything is gone. There ain't nothing there. I believe that's the power of prayer. I believe that's the power of God. And the report that came the first time is not the report we got the second time because he is on the throne and he's here. He's here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They were pretty much telling her, man, it's bad news. Probably need to set your house in order. Things get, you know, crazy from there. Telling us about all the things we were going to be having to deal with. But boy, they came out in no time. And we just, Marty and I looked at each other and we just didn't know what to do. He's a husband that was just happy, man. He was ready to run the aisles. God is good. We live in the midst of a world that is full of chaos, terror, fear, and trouble. But for the child of God who has faith, the Bible says he goes with us through every storm, comes out with us on the other side may not always happen when you want like you want like you desire you may have to go through some of the storms but one of the beautiful songs that ministered to me years ago was this so sometimes he calms the child other times he calm. well sometimes he calms the storm and so sometimes he just calms the child i got it right sometimes we go through the storms amen that's all right. Children of Israel, the Hebrew children, went through the fire. Noah went through the flood. There were all kinds of situations where the children of Israel had to go through things. But man, when you have faith and confidence in God, the Lord brings you out. How many of you know He brings you out every single time? Every time. 
He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. That's good preaching material right there. You ought to say amen. Good preaching material. Took care of that business. I also learned this morning, there's power in a penny. Did you hear him say that? I wanted to tweet it so bad that I stick. If, if you see me with my phone, I'm either looking at my Bible or I'm literally communicating with the soundboard. We have a little one-way communication that happens through text. So if, if I think it's too loud or if it ain't loud enough or if somebody's doing I, I text immediately. Doug answers me back. And then we send a smiley face, smiley face just so we know we're not mad or nothing. power and a penny. You know, it was W.P. Atkinson at the North Cleveland Church of God when I was a student at Lee University. He got up in the pulpit and he wasn't as nice as Marty was earlier. You know, Marty said, you know, everybody get something in your hand, please. W.P. Atkinson got up in his very, he was like seven foot ten or something like that. He got up in the pulpit at North Cleveland and he said, everybody who loves God, get money in your hands. And then he'd wait. I said, everybody who loves God, get money in your hand. And he'd stare. Then he'd say, all right, now lift that money up. So everybody had to. We didn't do that this morning. We were just, we were nice. That was good. Many of you heard this week the different families that are going through devastating times. It's been rough for our church over the last couple of weeks. While the Lord is here and answering prayers, many receive their promotion. And in that, you know, comes sorrow, hurt, tears. And there have been a lot of those. We're, we have come through in the last two weeks, we have had eight deaths connected to our church. Funeral services and dinners and so thankful to all of the ladies I don't know of any gentlemen that actually cook but they help serve but I appreciate all the ladies and all the families that help us when we have family when we have a, a funeral service we always feed our families here at our church traditionally we've always done that and I'm so thankful to all of you who take the time some of you this last week man you've been cooking dishes you know, you've been cooking them every day, left and right, sometimes twice in a day. And I just want you to know we appreciate you. We appreciate all those who help serve, set up tables and tear down tables. Thank you. Thank you to our pastoral staff that has been here, been part of helping us get through these last couple of weeks. We've said goodbye to Brother Bill Mann, and I noticed Sister June is here. Are you here? Where are you sitting at? There she is. Sister June, we love you, and we're praying for you. We know today you coming back to the house of God as you standing up saying, okay, by faith, I'm going to take my next step. And we thank you, and we honor you. Sister Bertie Tencher lost her sister this week. Just found this out over the weekend, and we're praying for you, Sister Bertie. We love you. Your church loves you, and we're praying for your family. Linda Robinson had a stroke this week, ended up in the hospital, and it, it was pretty scary there for a few days. But you know what? 
I remember when we were standing, me and her and Brother Orville and her son Michael was standing around her bedside, and we said, you know what, we're going to pray that the doctors are astounded. We're going to pray for the fire that Elijah called down on Mount Carmel. And we stood around her bed, and we began to pray and believe and have faith. And she was showing the signs of the stroke, and she had some major, major issues that were going on at first. But you know what? The power of God fell on her. And she looked at me, and she said, you know, I just came through this with my kidneys, and I was healed. She goes, and now this. And we said, we're just going to believe that God's going to use this too. And guess what? Within three days, she was walking around, talking back to normal, and they sent her home. Sent her home. And the doctors are astounded at how fast she just bounced right back. And I know that the Lord has got his hand on her. Nicole, we're praying for you. She up there? There she is, Nicole, wave at everybody. Nicole broke all of our hearts this week. She lost her, her mom, a very devastating and tragic death. And we've been praying for them. We were at the services this week, and uh, they're going through it. We have over, there were over eight families connected to our church that are going through difficult times. Sister Lily Walters lost her brother. We were there. I see Donnie and Carmen are back there this morning. We love the, the Daniel family, and they're sitting right where Brother Les would be sitting. Donnie is sitting in his very seat. We miss him, and we know that he's graduated to heaven, and he's he's happy man this morning. But we're praying for you. Good to see you in church today. Also, we're praying as well for Tanya Blakesley. Tanya? Tanya and... Sharon and John Holesclaw, the family, for little Kinsley, Kenner, that you've been reading about and hearing about. We're praying for the family and the devastation and the tragic loss of this two-year-old two little girl. She's safe. She's in heaven. But we have a family that's hurting. It's part of our congregation, and we want to remember them in prayer and ask the Lord to be with them. So many others. I want to make sure I've got a little list here. We're definitely praying this morning for Sister Dona Flatter, the Ford family, uh, you know, uh, Larry and Carolyn Ford. Uh, this is Carolyn's mom. I was talking with Sister Flatter over the last month and different little meetings and times, and she's a hoot. We had a good time. She told me stories from Clayton Street clear back to the 1930s that I didn't know. I got some good stuff on some of you wonderful lady and she is at death's door this morning and she will carry us into a, a third week of graduating and sending folks to heaven I want to get on the next bus they're all going but we're so we're so thankful that the Lord is here for us in the midst of our sorrow and grief the Bible says that we don't sorrow like those who have no hope We don't sorrow like the world does. They don't have hope. We have hope. I stood at the cemetery just the other day for Brother Daniel, and I remember looking at the family, and I said, we come to commit him back to the ground from whence he came, but not without a promise. The Lord says there will be a resurrection, and there will be a reunion. 
If you know anything about the Muncies and the Daniels, they got reunion on the mind most of the time. They have one of the biggest family reunions I've ever heard of. But I'm telling you, there ain't going to be nothing like the reunion when we stand together with those who have gone on before us and we are united with them and we are caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And the Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then verse 18 says something really awesome. It says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another in the fact that there is a resurrection for us. I appreciate Pastor Richard. It's been a rough, rough several weeks being there for families and trying to minister to them. No one can match what they're going through. And we want to have prayer. I'd like you to stand with me if you would. We're going to go to special prayer for all of our families. They need the prayer most of all. They're dealing with the hurt and the devastation of the loss that they all feel with their families. And in my eight and a half years of being senior pastor here, I have never dealt with so much death. And it just seems like every time we turned around, there was someone else who was breaking our hearts. And it's been tough, mostly for the families. But I can testify to you that it's a little tough on the pastors too. And it's been a real hard couple of weeks. I appreciated yesterday I got the word about Sister Flatter and, and all I could think of was just getting to their house. When I started that journey, I, I texted some of the staff and I said, listen, pray for the Ford family. I'm headed over to Sister Donna is, is ready to, to go to see the Lord. And Richard texted me and he said, man, what can I do for you, Pastor? And I said, oh, it is what it is. So we just pray for us, pray for them, pray for all of us. And he said, well, what can I do for you? I said, nothing, just pray. He said, well, if it helps at all, he says, I feel like the Lord has given me a message for our advent of peace. And I said, huh, what? Part of me kind of teared up a little bit because, you know, one of the things that I'd like after two and a half weeks is I'd like to go to church and not be the one having to give out, you know. And I said, really? You got a message for peace? He said, yeah, I really feel like I do. I said, all right, man, you're on. So in a few minutes, he's going to be coming to minister the advent of peace to us. And this pastor and these families, they need it. I see Sister Betty Ellis out there who lost her husband. I see Melissa Beckett who lost Danny. It all started with Danny. So many people here today that are suffering in their hearts. Let's right now take just a moment and pray for the peace that the Bible says surpasses all understanding. When we go through the storms, when we go through the trials, when we trek to the cemeteries, we have confidence and we know. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's with us. He's with us going in, and he's with us coming out. Can I get an amen? So let's pray for all of these families. Let's pray for our church family, because all of us are hurting for these folks that we love and we, we know so well. Father, we come before you. We pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you touch every hurting heart. 
minister to the daughters here today, the sons here, the husbands and the wives, the family members and friends, Lord, who've lost loved ones over the last several weeks. We, we know, Father, that it is, it is in your plan that it's appointed unto us a time to be born and a time to die. It's not a shock to us, but Lord, it's been a little devastating here the way that it's come in a wave. We just pray that you will bring the peace that surpasses understanding. You, you'll bring your presence. You said your Holy Spirit would be an undergirding strength. We pray for that this morning. Bring treasures of smiles and memories back into the hearts of the people who are hurting this holiday season. I pray that you will touch them with your peace and with your presence. And as we look at that today, I pray that it will minister to their hurting hearts. Touch our pastoral staff, Lord, and give strength. Help us to encourage and to be there for one another, Lord, as we take care of the, the flock and the she we shepherd this church. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus for your work to be accomplished and done as we look forward to you. Lord, we don't sorrow like the world does. We have faith. We have confidence. And we believe in our Father who will take us in and take us out. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone together said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. As promised, I want to continue part two of the Christmas story with you. I'll begin with where we were last Sunday, and I'll carry us into part two and leave you with a cliffhanger again this week. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary's espoused wife, being great with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I would now invite our family who's coming to light our Advent candle to come if they would to the stage. And now, part two. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not. Well, that's a good word for today, isn't it? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Can you say amen? A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God. If you know this, say it with me. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Can I hear another amen? Amen. Amen. Peace has come to the earth. One of the, the second gift that we talk about during Advent is peace.
peace in the midst of turmoil, peace in the midst of fear, peace in the midst of a world that has gone crazy. I know many of you today, you're suffering not only from recent losses, but you're suffering watching the news, seeing the devastation that's happening all around the world. This is a fearful time. The Bible says in the end days, it would be perilous times. It says that men's hearts would fail them for fear. We're living in those days. We're living in those hours. It's wise for us as servants of the Lord to be aware, but to also at the same time be confident that the gift that comes to us at Christmas, that beautiful silent night, was peace. Peace. Peace, the Bible says, that is a comfort and it surpasses our own human understanding. Peace where you work, peace where you shop, where you eat, peace in your home. Peace that comes down from the Father above. Amen. Our family this morning that represents us at the Advent is the Berger family. We love all of them, Mark and Benita, Jennifer, who's going by May these days, I noticed on Facebook. We love them, and of course, Corey's not with us today. And we appreciate this family and their dedication and commitment. I'm telling you, if you need anything, call Mark. Mark will be up on the roof, he'll be down below, he'll be in the back, he'll be in the front, he'll be in the parking lot, wherever you need him. Mark is one of those guys that just, he, if he doesn't know how to do it, he'll, he'll fake it. <laughs> He's a servant. We love him very much. And Benita is the same. She has a heart for outreach and loves hurting people. She's always willing, looking for every opportunity that she can to minister to those who are down and out and who need a hand up. She's one of those folks. And sweet little Jennifer is just like both of them. So we appreciate her and love her and her commitment to, to the Lord and their dedication to our church. So they represent today our peace. And as we pray, they're going to light the candle of peace for our service today. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we thank you for this gift. Lord, we need it. As never perhaps before, we need peace. When the world is in chaos and they're running to and fro, and man, they're, they're like wild men and women. They, they don't know what to do or where their safe place is. Lord, the confident child of God looks up, looks under the hills from where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord. Peace. Peace in our hearts. Peace in our lives. Peace where we work, so Lord, so that fear doesn't overtake us. Peace with our families and in our church. We thank you for this gift, this most precious gift, Lord, it means more to us now in this hour than perhaps ever before. So we honor you today at Christmas. And thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Richard.
And if you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Sorry to have you stand again. I know it's kind of like been exercise up, down, up, down on today. And as you're turning to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, I want to say this to really quickly piggyback on what the pastor has said. I want to, want to just let you know I appreciate everybody that's been family, friends, caregivers to those that we've lost in our congregation over the last few weeks. You're heroes to me. I visited many times different folks as, as people were on their way to their promotion and they stood by and took care and watched out for people. You're a hero to me. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I also want to say to our pastor, I've been biased. He has given and served and loved all these families. You know, we can't, we can't imagine what it's like to be in your shoes in your loss. But I've seen him muster and pray and pull together and go and be strong. You know, we get a lot of blessings in our life because we're there when the babies are born. We're there when people get saved, when they get baptized. So many different wonderful things. But our pastor, he's also there when loss happens. And doing that over and over again, you, you just see a, a man rise up that is a servant and just uh, giving, giving, giving. And I appreciate his efforts and what he's given. So I just wanted to, to say that I appreciate you, all of you all that give and that take care of people. You're, you're heroes to me. I appreciate you so much. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 says this. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder, and his, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of His increase, His, gov his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice, from, the, this time, from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord, the host, will perform this. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we honor you and thank you, Lord, for your wonderful move and wonderful work in, in this world, in hearts and in lives. Lord, there's so much chaos and so many things going on out there, but God, we know that ultimately you're in control. And at a moment's notice, lives change, situations change. You move and you work and you're able to come right in the middle of everything that would seemingly be wrong and you're able to do something beautiful and wonderful. You're able to bring peace God, I pray that you would share in our hearts, put in our hearts, lead us to peace today. Lord, give us the chance, Lord, that we'll walk out of here today. Peace in our hearts. Peace in our hearts, Lord. We give you thanks and we give you praise and we give you this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This week, again, as you did, you heard of another attack and it's gotten so bad that, that you just don't know what's going to happen and where is it going to happen next. The pastor, he was saying, where will it be next? Where will it be next? You know, he's asking this hypothetical question because you don't know where. You don't know if it's going to be Middletown, Cincinnati. You don't know if it's going to be around the world. But like he said, it seems like there's just chaos and everybody's running crazy. And as chaotic as the, the terrorism the solutions are just as chaotic. This person thinks we need to take away guns. This person says we need to add more guns. This person says, well, those people are terrorists. And this person says, no, they're not terrorists. It's just all crazy. And we, we don't know where our hope is going to come from. 
We don't know. This world is seemingly without hope. But we have peace that's in our God that is brought to our hearts and lives that we can receive peace into us. Maybe the whole world is out of control and it's all crazy and chaos, but we can have peace because according to God's word, we can have peace. It's there for us. It was several months ago, I was sitting over here and, and uh, I was just thinking about where our country is and, and I was upset again about a decision that had come from Washington and I'm just like, they just don't even want to help us. And I felt the Lord speak to me so clearly and, and it just shocked me. I wasn't even thinking about it. I felt the Lord speak to my heart, Liz. Spoke right to my heart and he said this, so clear. He said, since when did you start depending on them anyway? And I was like, whoa. And I, I stepped back and I thought, man, you're right. The Bible talks about us being citizens of, of another world, a place where, where God is over it all and His ways and His will is lived out. That's the life that we're, that's the, the place that we look for. That's where our citizenship is, so to speak. So I look at, at where we're at and I just, I'm taken back. I'm just taken back to God's peace. You know, on a, on a day like this, typically when we talk about peace and we talk about Advent, we, we talk about salvation. Now, if I can kind of take you there for a moment, before Jesus came into the manger, that little baby, before He came, the world was in chaos of sin. It lived after its own flesh and its own ways and its own doings, and, and it was racing towards death and destruction. In a sense, the chaos was inside of us. We lived it out every day. Our flesh, our flesh told us what to do. But when Jesus came to this earth, all that changed. The whole thing was flipped over. And now there was a chance. See, Jesus came to bring salvation. I'm sure if you're, if you're like me, and you've gotten saved, you, you come to some point of, of salvation, you understand what it's like to be in the chaos of sin, in the rat race, and just do the things and live out and feed your flesh with everything you possibly can and still never be satisfied. But I remember the difference of once I got saved, of not having to just do that all the time. This deliverance and finding freedom, this peace that came inside of me, that salvation. I'm sure you've been there. For the most part, I'm sure everybody's been there. You found the peace, this great exchange one of the greatest gift exchanges, so to speak, ever, of taking this broken, sinful life and picking up the peace of Jesus and the cross in your life. Salvation. Salvation. But I want to focus on another part of peace. The peace of today. The peace of right now. See, God has sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross. He sent Him into that manger so He can bring peace through salvation but what about after that? I believe that every step of our life, we have a path that we walk. And I believe that God's peace can be with us in that path. That we can walk that out every day. Like the pastor said, that we don't walk by ourselves, but we have a God that goes with us, that takes care of us, that there's peace with us every day. And it doesn't depend on necessarily what's going on, but it's peace that surpasses all understanding, that's, that can be with us in our hearts. 
I want to look at this scripture here. Check, check this out. The whole world's worried about what's going on. What's going on? It's just chaos. It's completely out of control. We, we don't know. But look at this. Look at what the scripture says. The scripture here talks about a child is born, a son is given. And it says the government will be on his shoulders. It goes down and calls him a few other things in it. It says he's the prince of peace. Of, his increase, of the increase of his government and, the, and peace, there will be no end. The prince of peace. If you, if you think about what that really means, what is, this is saying is it's kind of setting up a picture of a, a monarchy. And Jesus comes on the scene as part of the monarchy that he is able to lay out rules and laws and dictate peace to us. He's the creator of peace. He's able to lay that out. And, and the cool thing is, is not only do we have peace, but he's able to maintain peace. He's able to go through us through life, through all the processes. He's able to give direction, give, uh, you know, uh, steps for us to take through life that lead to peace. He's the author of it, and he can give it to us and bless us with it. So we don't depend on just what's going on out there, but we have somebody that's in charge. We have somebody that's in charge that's over it all. So where, where, where are we at then? Out there it might be chaos. The situations that you find yourself in, you might not be able to make heads or tails of it. But if you will align yourself, get right up close and align yourself with the Prince of Peace. If you align right up with him, he'll start dictating the steps and the order of your life and he'll bring peace and he'll show you exactly this path that you're supposed to take. God is wonderful and God is amazing. He will establish this in your life. He wants to take care of you. He wants to watch out for you. So if we follow his word, if we follow his decree, then we'll find out where we're at. Sometimes, it, I, sometimes you meet people and uh, they seem like there's chaos in their life. Maybe you've, maybe you've met people that... that, that you know, it's not everybody, but sometimes people will go on Facebook, social media, and they, they just spill out how much, you know, the world is against them. And you, you try to help them and encourage them and, and, and love them. And, no, nah, we ain't having that. It's still terrible. It's still horrible. And every time you try to help, they just paint it back to being negative and wrong. There's other people that, that just have all kinds of different motivations in their life. Everybody has issues that motivate them to act the way that they do. And we get all crazy. And if you trace back, everybody has motivation for how they act, the way that they act. Sometimes we don't think about it. We don't really step back and look at our lives. And we're all like this, me too. We don't step back and look at our life and say, why am I acting this way? What is that really about? A lot of times we just act out of the motivation and we want you to deal with it. Hey, this is where I'm at, you deal with it. But we have to step back and look at where our life is and why we're acting the way we're acting because there's some things that have to be dealt with. You know, at, at salvation, we got the peace of, of salvation, but in our walk and in our life, we still might be acting out of bad things that have happened to us. And we've all had that. We've all had things that happen to us that, that cause us to act in, out of insecurity or jealousy, different kind of things. We have to take all those things and submit those things to God. 
the, the good, the bad, the ugly. We have to come to a place where we submit it and let transformation take place. There's some of us in the room that we don't have peace, and that's because we're trying to feed some thing, some hurt or some pain that happened years ago in our life. And we're trying to do that, but we've never been made to take care of that, so to speak. It's been made for you and God to take care of it, for Him to come into your life to transform the very, the very heart that you have inside of you, the very reason why you do what you do. When we take that, you know, those things that we spin our wheels doing, you know, insecurity, let me just say this. If, if you have an issue with insecurity, you can find ways to manipulate people, situations, you can buy, you can sell, you can do everything you possibly can to feed insecurity, but you will never satisfy it. And there's so many things in our lives that we try to fill with so much stuff and so much things, looking for peace, and they're just totally motivated out of hurts and those other things. We have to step back and say, why am I acting like this? I'm going to take that thing, that thing, that insecurity, or whatever the issue is, and I'm going to submit that to God. And God will transform you and change you. And where those things couldn't be satisfied by anything in this world, God will transform you. God will touch you and change you and begin to do something wonderful inside of you. And it just happens. It's, it happens. I believe that God wanted to lead us in a life of peace. See, we, we used to think an old way before we got saved. We used to think like the world did or, or think like however our situations made us out to be. But I believe God has a way of peace and He wants to transform our hearts. So when we submit to Him and get in His presence and listen to His Word or come down to the altar or something, there's a transformation that takes place. And He begins to move in us and transform us and lead us in a path, path of peace. If there's chaos in your life today... Find an altar somewhere. Find a place where you can get down and say, God, I'm giving it all today. I've carried these weights. I've carried the struggles or the burdens of whatever's going on. I've carried them so long. God, I need your help. I'm not going to just gloss over them or try to push them down so I don't have to deal with them. But God, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to give these things to you. I want the greatest gift exchange that's ever happened in this world. God, I want your peace to be my God. I want your peace to go with me in every step that I'm in. That's what God wants to give you. That's what God wants to give you. Outside of God, there's no hope. It's a, it's a luck game. It's, well, hopefully they don't attack you. Hopefully everything's okay, or, or I don't know. But with God, there's a promise of His peace that'll go with you, that'll walk with you, that'll be every step of the way. How do we get peace? We get peace getting into God's presence. Sometimes we, we take God's word or we take church attendance or we, we take prayer and we, we relegate them down to academic or mechanical religious things and we're just like, yeah, I, I prayed today. Yeah, I, I read my Bible today. Yeah, Sunday I went to church. That, yeah, it was cool. But, but we have to, to submit in those times and jump in on those times and pour our hearts into them because in those moments, that's when we get in God's presence. When we get in the presence of the king, the, the ruler of peace, the prince of peace, when we get in his presence, he can start making changes and start making decrees over your life, and we can be transformed and changed. Yes. 
Don't you think for a second. Don't think for a second that you can't walk out of this place and have confidence, not in a situation, not in this or that or some kind of report, but you can have confidence that you have a God that has sent His Son into the manger, His Son Jesus. And it wasn't just about that, but it was about you walking out with having confidence in your heart and having His peace be with you in every step of the way. We don't need to just walk around broken, dealing with the same old stuff and the same old issues. But God can touch you and He can fill your heart. I'm looking for a scripture here real quick. It's so, so awesome. God is so, so wonderful. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. When it says, but be transformed by the new renewing of your mind, I did a little research, and this is kind of what it's getting at. It's, just, it's not saying, God is not saying to you, hey, just change. What he's saying is, take a position in me where I can change you, where I can transform you. So when you live out your prayer, your Bible, your, your coming to church, when you're living that life out, have in mind, God, I'm taking a position where I'm opening myself up to you. I've been dependent on fear. I've been dependent on this, all these different things. But I'm taking up a position right now where it's just me and you, and I'm going to depend on you and let you transform me from head to toe. God is so awesome. He's so wonderful. He's a God of peace. When Jesus came, he's in that manger. He brought peace in two ways. He brought it in salvation, but he brought it in a, in a lifestyle that we could live out. Today, the room is full of all kinds of different situations. We've had people that have lost loved ones, people that have lost jobs, people that are they're trying their best to hang on to the marriages. There's just so much different things going on. Can I challenge you? Everything that's going on. Everything that you're doing is motivated by something. I would ask you to take everything that you are and submit it to God today and see the transformation that happens. Because it's not just about what you do. Jesus came because he was concerned about the sin in your life, but he was concerned about something else, the state of your heart. What is coming out of you? Who are you? He was wanting to get in there and change that and lead you in a life of peace. To turn your life upside down. To have you walk like you're one of His and not just somebody in the world. What would the situation look like in your life today if you said, God, I'm all in. I'm giving this. It hurts. It, it's painful. It's confusing. I, I don't know what to do, but God, I'm giving it to you. What would it look like? What would it look like if all of a sudden, out of nowhere... Something started to change. As you started to submit it, something began to change inside of you. And you just said, I feel better about it. All of a sudden, I, I've got peace. I don't know where, it's, where necessarily my next step is. Or, or I can't change some things, but there's a peace inside of me. And it happened. That would be the most beautiful thing. The pastor, I'll end with this. The pastor has an RT RT or R2-D2 ro robot. Let me get my numbers and letters right here eventually. 
It's, it's basically like one-fourth the size of what the actual thing is. And it does all these wonderful things. It moves and beeps and says stuff. It does like 75 commands. It's just the greatest thing ever. Well, he received it as a gift. Somebody awesome gave it to him. And, and if we would have talked about it before, I'd have had him bring it and show it to you. But the thing about it is, is it, it can go everywhere and do all kinds of stuff. But it's got three wheels on it, just like the, you know, the real thing. One of the wheels quit working. So it can do all this wonderful stuff, all this great stuff. But it, if you tell it to do something, go somewhere, it'll spin because one wheel doesn't move. It's cool. If you've ever been in the situation, you got an awesome gift, and here it didn't work. You're just like, ah, oh, you want to exchange it for something else. One hand by saying this, exchange where you're at, your brokenness, the situation where you're at, exchange all that. Say, God, here I'm going to give you this. And the gift is peace. The gift that you'll get back is peace. And you'll get something back that works, that will help you in this life. If you would, please stand with me. We're going to talk about salvation really quick. Then we're going to turn it over to the pastor. But I want to say this. If you're not in a relationship with God, if you haven't asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, you're in a place without peace. You're still running that rat race, so to speak, of sin. You're still following just what your flesh wants to do and you're... You're living that out, and every time that you sin and you live that out, you're working towards death with no hope. That might be you here today, but Jesus came, the Christmas story, Jesus come in a manger to come to be our Savior, to, to change your life, to bring a peace into your life through, through salvation, that, you're, that your sin and the way you're living would not have to be your end, but he wants to give you a new beginning, and, and you can have that through Jesus. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, he will, you will be forgiven, and you'll have him in your life to lead you. You'll have peace that nobody else can give you. There's only one name by where you can be saved. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me. If you're here and you say, you know what, I don't have the peace of salvation. I don't have a relationship where I've asked Jesus into my heart. Let him be the Lord of my life. If that's you and you want this to change and you want this to be your greatest Christmas ever, I'd ask you real quick to raise your hand and just say, hey, I want to pray a prayer that would change that, that would ask Jesus into my life and be my Lord. Is there anybody here today that would like to pray that prayer? We're, we're all going to pray the prayer with you. We're not going to make you feel weird. We've got one. Is there anybody else? You want the peace of knowing Jesus as your Savior. Is there anybody else? There's two. Is there anybody else? There's three. Is there anybody else? This will be your greatest Christmas ever. Once you put your hand up, you can put it back down. There's three. Is there anybody else? 
All right, we're all going to pray this prayer together. If you believe this prayer, if you believe it in your heart, then you're going to be saved. You're going to be forgiven. You're going to have the peace of knowing you're forgiven. You're going to start on a journey where peace can be yours every day. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I haven't had peace in my life. But through your Son, I can have peace. I believe that Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross, and rose from the dead so that He could be my Savior and He could be the Lord of my life. I give you all of my days and I give you all of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate. Wonderful peace coming down from the Listen to this scripture. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace. Oh, you didn't hear that. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Before you walk out of this house this morning, I want you to have the experience. I want you to have a touch of peace over your life. I don't know where you are in your life circumstances i don't know what you're going through some i know have suffered tremendous loss others of you are consumed by world events and things happening around us perhaps you're going through sickness i don't know it could be any number of things but i want right now every head in this house everybody to just close your eyes right where you are peace he says i give unto you my peace it's time for you to have god's peace you won't find that in people around you you won't find it in preachers and churches and doctrines you won't find it in people around you there are no answers in this world he says not as the world gives he says let not your heart be troubled you believe in god you believe in our father he is the one who brings you peace right where you're standing i want you if you would around this house I, I want you to just lift up either one or both of your hands if you feel comfortable i want you to let that be an outstretched 
almost like a radar, an antenna that God can touch. I want your heart, your hands up to be, Lord, I surrender my stress. I surrender the troubles and trials. I surrender my fear, my worry. I give it all to you today. And Lord, I accept your gift of peace. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that from the left side to the right side, from the front to the back, every pew, every man, woman, boy, and girl right now receiving the peace of the Lord, coming down in billows, like the song says, sing it, peace, peace, receive it, receive it from the Lord this morning, wonderful peace coming down from your peace this morning Lord we believe that every every child of God walking out of this house including those who've accepted you this morning every one of them are gonna walk out of here they're gonna have that supernatural peace that comes from your mighty presence in heaven I'm believing God for comfort in replacement of sorrow I'm believing Lord that you'll take that rightful monarchy that prince of peace direct rule over every circumstance in our lives and Lord where the enemy has meant to be harmful Lord you are gonna veto that with your direct ability as the Prince of Peace to speak freedom and liberty over every heart in life we receive it this morning in the name of Jesus Christ now I want you to really give him some praise I want you to lift up great praise to God Almighty you are set free by the power of God in this house this morning. Amen. Amen. Coming down from the Father above. Sing that out one real good time. Oh, sweet appreciate Pastor Richard this morning and message on peace. We're getting our hearts ready. We're getting our hearts ready. That's what this is all about. Somebody, you know, jokingly, he, he was just joking, but he said, you're trying to make us Catholic? What are you doing? You know, and my, my, my thoughts, I thought about it all, really all the rest of the week, and I thought, no, I'm not trying to be Catholic. I'm not trying to be Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran. I'm not trying to be First Anglican Church. I'm not trying to be Orthodox England. I'm not trying to be Church of God. I'm trying to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. I was doing my research. Did you know that Amazing Grace, how many like Amazing Grace? Amazing Grace was written by a slave trader, atheist, slave trader who when he got saved became an Anglican priest 
Well, I don't think we should sing that in a Holy Ghost-filled church. Let's take that song right out of the book. No. We, anybody, anywhere that has done something beautiful to honor and praise and magnify the gift that's come to the earth, I'm good with that. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved oh, a wretch like me. Oh, I once was lost, but now I'm found. time give the Lord praise this morning Amen. so no we're not trying to be anything else we're not trying to go someplace I'm not trying to take you down some orthodox path of 17th century what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get as close as I can to Jesus and any beautiful reverent wonderful good thing and it just seemed like the good thing for us to look at the gift of hope the gift of peace and the gift of love and the gift of joy that comes to us at Christmas. Can I get an amen out of this crowd? Amen. Praise God. I love you. Tonight, it's going to be a special Christmas presentation. As Liz mentioned, the voices of Psalm 95 are in uh, service tonight. The men of valor, they'll be singing Christmas. They'll be testifying, sharing scriptures. And it's going to be a wonderful night. And who knows? I always get up and say something. So we'll be here tonight at 6 o'clock. God bless you. Merry Christmas to you. And we love you very much. You've been watching the worship service from the Stratford Heights Church of God. On behalf of Pastor Ray, we thank you for spending your time with us. Stratford Heights is always available to hear from you. For more information, visit us online at shcog.com. If you would like to pay your tithes or gifts, you can also do that online as well at shcog.com. This broadcast is made possible from people just like you who come together to worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whenever you're in the southwestern Ohio area, we would love to have you just for service. Our Sunday service schedule is at 8.30 and 10.40 a.m. and at 6 p.m. Sunday evenings. On Monday, it's Celebrate Recovery. Tuesday, the Oasis Youth Group. Wednesday night, it's the Family Life Night. And Thursday, the Esperanza Hispanic Worship Service. Please join us at the Stratford Heights Church of God in Middletown, Ohio.